Ben. Thank you. We're going to look at Matthew chapter 26, verses 36 to 46 today. These verses share the excruciating time that Jesus faced prior to his betrayal, his interrogation, his scourging, being spat upon, and his crucifixion. If I asked you today the importance of prayer, you would certainly announce, pronounce, yes, it's vital. It is important. And yet we do so little of it. For others, we prayed last week and we had a fabulous time in the church praying for one another and the importance of it that Mitch shared with us last week. Today I want to share why it's so important for you. Your life, your personal life, and I pray by God's Spirit, he will give you insight into a truth today that will help you to understand and to realize that prayer is vital to your Christian walk. I propose to you today that let me get back to where we started if we can. Prayer is the preparation. Prayer is preparation. Prayer takes work. It is work. And prayer is preparation. When we can't see what is ahead, preparation and prayer is vital to your walk with God. We do not know what lies ahead. You don't know what's coming this week in your life. So the importance of prayer is critical to your Christian walk. It was 33 years ago that something in our life changed our life, changed my kid's life. My wife entered into surgery, and uh, she, from that point, became a paraplegic. And all of the world, all of the life, completely changed. And we give testimony to the Lord today that his grace is all-sufficient. But we had no idea. The surgeon said, well, we'll take the tumor and everything should be fine. And that wasn't the way God would have it. And all of life changed. And one of the greatest truths that I learned in that time is that trials reveal character. Trials do not produce character. And character is built and produced through your walk with God. Prayer is an important part of that. So you have to enter life, you have to enter this week, you have to enter every day putting the preparation in. And the story we have today is that of Christ's lesson to us on prayer. D.L. Moody said, before we pray that God would fill us, I believe we ought to pray that he would empty us. And you must come before him, empty yourself, and say, 
as Jesus says in this prayer today we're going to look at, thy will be done. Oswald Chambers said prayer is not preparation for the work, it is the work. So I share with you today a story that you're very familiar with. We get insight into the importance of prayer through this lesson and example that Jesus Christ gave us as he prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane. This is prior to his crucifixion, to his scourging. It's just the hours right prior, right before he's going to be crucified. There are so many aspects to the story that we could look at and look through at it, but I want you to see today this story through the lens of prayer, through prayer. When the greatest individual who ever walked this earth faced the greatest and most devastating heartache and trial of all time, he prayed. He prayed. Jesus knelt down and sought his Father's face. If our Lord Jesus Christ knew to pray when facing the greatest temptation ever, how much more should we be devoted to prayer? You know the story well. Jesus went to the Garden of Gethsemane with his disciples. He went there to pray. At the end of the prayer time, immediately Judas appears and Jesus is arrested, taken off to be crucified. And we're talking about those hours, that moment just prior to the most horrific circumstance that anyone could ever endure. The temptations before the cross of the crucifixion And the temptations upon the cross of crucifixion were enormous. We cannot comprehend all of it. All that he endured, we do not understand it. But I submit to you just a few today. There was retaliation. He's hanging on a cross for something he never did. Something for you that he's doing. He's unjustly being punished. We would want to retaliate, just like when that person cuts you off in the road. Simple as that. We want want justice. Anger. He faced anger. He's suffering for something that he never did wrong. Cursing his enemies when they're inflicting pain upon him. Depression. Why? Why is this happening? This is undeserved. The willingness to quit, the temptation to quit. He had to endure the full payment, the shedding of blood. All of the temptations that we face, the writer of Scripture says, he went through for us. Those temptations that you face, I shared just a few, lying, laziness, stealing, gossip, pornography, lust, coveting, cursing, breaking the law, favoritism, bitterness, fits of anger, sexual sins, worry, impatience, revenge, pride, they're all coming your way. And they do come your way. And all of us face these across our path of life. And knowing that Jesus was tempted in every area that we are, he walked victoriously. 
And this story gives insight for you as to how you too can be victorious in your Christian walk. Make note of the piercing question he gives his disciples in verse 40. So, could you not watch with me one hour? Could you not watch with me one hour? We think, Lord, I'll do anything for you. And then we sit down to pray, and we're just like the disciples, we fall asleep. Or within a few minutes, we're on our phone. Or our kids come in, hey dad, hey mom. And we're so easily distracted. And Jesus says, could you not pray with me just for an hour? I challenge you. I would highly doubt any of us have sat for one full hour and we've done nothing but pray. For those very reasons, distractions come. Our mind races. And Jesus says to them, be alert, and he commands them to pray. Can you imagine being face to face with your Lord? And he points his finger at you, and he says, be alert, be ready, pray. Because you don't know what is coming. And I don't want you to fail. That's our Lord's admonition to you. I want you to see three things today. Number one, Christ's mission was intense. Christ's mission was intense. Verse 36 to verse 38. If I read the text for you today, then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, sit here while I pray there and while I go there and pray. Verse 37. Then Jesus went with them to, I'm sorry. And taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, don't you love technology? Then he said to them, my soul is very sorrowful even to death. Remain here and watch with me. There are two main thoughts in these verses. Jesus is immensely burdened about what lies ahead of him. And I'll share more about that in a moment. But I believe to some extent Jesus did not completely know all that was going to take place. But he shares the intense and immense burden that he's feeling, knowing that the crucifixion is within a few hours. His soul is very sorrowful, even to death. And literally he's saying that I am in such peril, even to the point that I'm going to die. And Christ's response to this perilous temptation and death was to pray. This thought alone makes the title of our sermon today, The Importance of Prayer, stand out. But secondly, not only was it the immense sorrow he's feeling, Jesus confides and shares this with only three of his closest friends. Notice that. Last week, we took time and prayed for each other, which was wonderful and vital. That's of great importance, 
We are commanded to pray for one another. But verse 36, the disciples are with him. Verse 37, he takes only three of his closest disciples, Peter, James, and John, to go with him deeper into the garden. When the deepest of trials and temptations you're faced with, you don't always need the world to know about them. But you do need some of your closest friends to help you carry the burden and pray about them. Peter, James, and John hear him say, My soul is very sorrowful even to death. The depth and closeness of friends is vital in times of your temptation. To all the disciples, he says, sit here while I go over there to pray. The command there is to sit. But the command to the three closest, burdens are known and shared by their Savior, Jesus Christ. His burden is known. He says, remain here and watch. The command is to be alert. Stay here. Secondly, I want you to see that Christ's purpose was focused. His purpose was focused. And taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, my soul is very sorrowful even to death. Remain here, watch with me. And going a little further, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, my father, if it is possible... Let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. All through the public ministry of Jesus, his purpose and this theme rang true. Jesus had one desire, one purpose, to please his Father. To please his Heavenly Father. He says, your will be done. Christ, the Son of God, did the will of God the Father. One purpose should be no different than your purpose in life. John eight forty eight, Jesus answered, I do not have a demon, but I honor my Father, and you dishonor me. Your purpose in life should be just like his. I want to do the will of my Father. When facing the purpose for his coming to earth, under deep, intense pressure of the pending crucifixion, what did Jesus do? He prayed for God's will to be done in his life. Verse 39, he fell on his face and prayed. If you desire to please God the Father, you must pray. If your mission becomes intense, you must be in prayer. If your purpose is to do the will of God, you must be praying about it. Now catch this concept, because this is where we're heading. Jesus is praying prior to the situation that takes place. Prior to the crucifixion. The greatest event on earth that ever occurred. The preparation of Christ was on his face in prayer. 
If your vision is up, you are prayed up. Always. If your vision is up, you'll always be prayed up for what's ahead and what you're facing. Now, Christ's preparation was necessary. That's the third thing we see in our text. Verse 40 to 45. Christ's preparation was necessary. And he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, so could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, for the second time, he went away and prayed. My father, if, the, if, this, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. And again, he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. So leaving them again, he went away and prayed for the third time, saying these words again. Then he came to the disciples and said to them, Sleep and take your rest later on. See, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hand of sinners. His preparation was necessary. The instruction that was given by Jesus was this. Watch and pray. Verse 41. That directive is no different than your directive today. You need every single day of your life to be alert and pray. Watch and pray. You need to grasp this, that the preparation is the work. Prayer is the preparation for whatever lies ahead in your life. Whatever is coming this week, what happens today, what happens tomorrow, next month, prayer is the preparation for you to be victorious in it. The disciples failed the course. They failed the course. Verse 40, he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. Verse 43, he again came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. Verse 45, sleep and take your rest later on. That's not the best translation. Amazingly, there are two imperatives in that short little sentence. In our English translation, it doesn't come out. A better translation would be, are you still sleeping and taking your rest? And literally, Jesus, because it's imperative, Jesus is saying, stop sleeping, stop resting. The hour is at hand. The reason for the preparation, verse 41, that you may not enter into temptation. All those sins we listed at the start. Prayer will keep you from entering into them and will make you victorious in your Christian walk. And yet we fail to pray. Aren't we just like the disciples? You see, your path will lead you and confront you with many temptations. And the way to have victory over your temptations is to put in the preparation. Preparation is the path to victory, and it's done through prayer. Your discipline to a prayer life is the course and the pathway for victory in your Christian walk. 
Preparation is the work. Prayer is the preparation. Now allow me to drive this home with you because I think in Christianity we have embedded a wrong concept. You have two subjects. Jesus and the disciples. There are no other subjects involved right here in this story alone. You have two actions. Jesus is laboring in prayer. The disciples are asleep and resting. They're weary. You have two results. Jesus is submissive to the will of God, to the will of the Father. The disciples fail and they depart. They don't stand the test. Look at verse 53. It's a little bit further in the story. Judas and the soldiers confront Jesus. And what does Peter do? He pulls the sword out and slices the ear off of one of the soldiers that came. Verse 53. Do you think that I cannot appeal to my father? And he will at once send me more than 12 legions of angels. So Judas and the army, the soldiers come. They confront Jesus. Peter gets welled up in himself. Takes his knife out. Takes the ear off. Jesus heals that ear, we're told later in others' gospel story. The response of Jesus is this. Do you think that I cannot appeal to my Father and 10,000 angels are going to come and deliver us? What is appeal to my Father? What is that? That's prayer. That's prayer. Do you not think I can call on my Father And he'll bring deliverance. That's Christ's response. Peter's response? I can handle this. Let me at him. That's often your response in life. I'll do it. I'll handle it. And we don't put the time in prayer about the situation. And then Christ prays submission to the to God's will. Peter failed by taking action into his own hands. Why did Peter fail? I submit to you this. He didn't pray back in the garden. When Jesus said, watch and pray, he didn't pray. Jesus is submissive to the will of the Father in time of trial And I submit to you because he prayed. Further in the story, verse 56. But all this has taken place that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples fled. Then all the disciples Then all the disciples left him and fled. Here we are again. 
all the disciples and Jesus in front of the trial, the temptation. Who fails? The disciples, they're all out of there. Jesus walked the path to the cross alone to carry your sin. He did it alone. They didn't put the time in prayer. Jesus did. And he ends up alone doing the will of the Father. You go further in the story. We won't look at it today. But again, Peter's going to deny Jesus three times. And then the rooster crows. Disciples, failure after failure after failure. Jesus, submissive to the will of God, victorious in his Christian walk, in his path. Friend, victory and obedience in times of great temptation come when we prepare ourselves with prayer. Jesus spent time in prayer and he was victorious. The disciples failed in time of prayer and they were defeated. These guys personally walked with Jesus, the Son of God. Their weakness of the flesh brought about an indifference, a lethargy, a weariness that when needed most, they did not partner with Christ in prayer. And I know your next thought. Well, that was Jesus. He's the Son of God. Yes, I agree with you. But I believe we fail to see who Christ was when he was here on earth. He was the Son of God, completely God, completely man. But here's what I believe that's overlooked and often forgotten. We overlook many of the scriptures that tell us he was a bondservant of God. Do you know what a bondservant is? One who submissively gives himself and gives up every right that they have. Jesus Christ did that as the Son of God. He came to earth and became a bondservant, taking the form of flesh. Likeness, just like you, just like me. And how was he victorious? His constant submission in and through prayer to the will of the Father and the Holy Spirit of God leading him. You go through the Gospels of Christ, you will regularly see the Spirit led him. Look at Philippians chapter 2, verses 6 to 8. Philippians 2, 6 to 8. Who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant, and being made in the likeness of men, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. What did Jesus empty himself of? His rights to deity 
when he became a man as us. He is the son of God. He laid aside those rights of deity. He was completely submissive to God the Father and sought the will of the Father and allowed the Spirit of God to lead him in every miracle, everything that he did. It was the Father's work through him. I'll show you John chapter 5, verse 19. John 5, 19 says, The Son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the Father doing. The Son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the Father doing. And then John 14, verse 10, It is the Father living in me who is doing his work. His own confession was, this is God's work through me. This is the will of the Father. I'm completely living the will of the Father and being led by the Spirit of God. So his prayer was essential and vital as he faced the cross and he was obedient by it. It's the exact same thing. For you, if you profess Jesus Christ as Savior today, your prayer is the exact same prayer that Jesus had. Thy will be done, and today you have the Holy Spirit living within you. Spirit of God, you lead me and guide me today. Help me through whatever I may face, no matter what may come. I want to do your will. May your spirit have complete control of my life. That's the preparation you need every single day of your life. Ian Thomas said, The Christian life is nothing less than the life which he lived then live now by him in you. You see, your walk on this earth is no different than the walk of Christ on this earth. Your prayer today is no different than the prayer Christ had. No matter what you face, you don't face the intense enormity of the sins of the world on you. But your trials are real. And your prayer is, Lord, I want your will to be done in my life. Whatever you have for me, Lord, you do it. Do it through me. And it's by the power of your Holy Spirit, I yield control to you. As the band comes, Scripture again here says, Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. Watch and pray. Often we read Scripture that Jesus went into a solitary place to pray. 
His disciples got in a boat, and Jesus withdrew to a mountainside and prayed. Jesus teaches us that victory comes by preparing ourselves through prayer. Your mission may not be as intense as Christ's, but you will have intense moments of temptation. You don't know what's around the corner, what's over the hill. But your preparation in prayer is vital to a victorious walk with God. How much time are you spending in prayer? The disciples failed to put the effort in, and they were defeated. After the resurrection, all through the book of Acts, they're filled and led by the Holy Spirit of God, and you find them meeting in homes, praying. They learn their lesson. May we commit to the preparation time necessary for a victorious, God-honoring life. It's by spending time with Him. Your pregame routine is vital. It is your preparation for victory. I pray we have the prayer life of John Knox. Here's what Mary, Queen of Scotland, said about John Knox, a a warrior for the cause of Christ. I quote, I fear John Knox's prayers more than an army of 10,000 men. Wow. Is your prayer life that awesome? I submit to you, it can be in your own world. Early African converts to Christ were earnest in their prayer, in their prayer lives. Each one would pick out a spot in the jungle, and it was there where they would go every day and pour out their heart to God. Over time, the paths to these places became well-worn. As a result... If one of the believers began to neglect their prayer time, it was soon apparent to others. And here's what they would say to them. Brother or sister, the grass grows on your path. And they knew they were neglecting their time of prayer. May all of us who name the name of Jesus pray that we enter not into temptation. Let us pray. Lord, help us to learn the lesson from Christ's prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane to watch and pray. May we be faithful to do your will and to be led only by the Spirit of God in our lives. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen.